Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Welcome back to another episode of Your Brand Amplified. I am here today with Ranjan Nota, a spiritual guide, mentor, and teacher. And one of her zones of excellence is really helping people identify and think about the relationship they have with themselves and within and also with others. So you spent 15 years in the corporate not-for-profit sectors, and then you also were building up your gifts. So please mm-hmm. talk about that journey and talk about your background and history. And then when you fully realize and self-actualized, right? Into Mm -hmm. who you are and realize that your gift is really to help others. As in life, I'm a true believer, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm no stranger to challenges and pain and suffering that we all have, because that's part of life's journey is first to witness and overcome those things. So I had my fair share in the earlier years of my life, not that I'm that old, however, when I was younger. And while I seeked resolution in the traditional rounds, so the typical Western way of life, mm-hmm. I wasn't getting the results that I was looking for. And I'd always had a very curious element with the esoteric, the astrology world of what happened, the quantum field the astral, all of those things that we don't get to see with our naked eye. So that's been a deep interest. So I would read different books and go to different talks and presentations and seminars while I was living this very Western kind of third dimensional world. Mm -hmm. So while these challenges showed up from relationships to career challenges to my health challenges, I sought them to seek resolve in the traditional ways, but I wasn't getting the results and answers that I was looking for in terms of a resolution. So then I leaned into the innate part of me, the intuitive part of me, and really leaning into the Eastern philosophies and tapping into my own intuition and recognizing these innate gifts that we all have. Some of us have automatically developed them without even knowing that they developed. And it wasn't until somebody said to me, you're actually really quite good at that. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> so then I unwrapped that a little bit further. And then it was just spending more and more time in that space to unwrap it so I can support others on their path. Wow. Yeah. And so what does it look like when you work with somebody? I know that especially in this world, your teacher appears or people who are helpful appear mm-hmm. when you're ready to accept that information. That's right. So how do people That's find right. their way to you? And what does that usually look like when you're working with someone? I'm a true believer of the adage too, is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and be a teacher of whatever world that looks like or a stepping stone to the next. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's very much word of mouth referrals and people who have witnessed and experienced me in my, I want to say, zone of genius or in my innate being of who I am, who have witnessed that I feel have a soul pull or an energetic pull to work with me. Because there are many individuals who do similar work. And what we know is that there'll be a lean in to connecting with others and not so much Mm. some others. 
So I'm putting myself out for those who resonate with my message, resonate with my energy so I can support them, guide them. So while there is a little bit of a quest out there to be on social media and have people aware, but much of the work is done from my end energetically of clearing tensions and really being guided and led through my own tuition and my own guides and my higher selves. Mm. Yeah, And I think a lot of people, to your point, we don't listen to those gut feelings or that intuition. We kind of suppress it because we're like, ah, I think there's that dissonance, as you said, mm-hmm. between the Western and the Eastern world. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I listen to subliminals. I love affirmations. I love listening to, I'm in a book club where we listen to different self-help books or we read and listen to. And then the founder of the book club does a podcast episode on each chapter so we can all work together on these things. So I'm definitely a person who believes in a lot of this. And I know everybody has to come to it, but I've also experienced those moments where I haven't listened to my intuition and I've tampered it down because I thought, oh, no, this is the path I need to go on or this is the right thing to do. And then every time it happens, right, that it wasn't. And then it's a learning experience. I don't want to say it's a, the wrong thing, but it always becomes a learning experience that then helps guide us back to, okay, I should have listened to what my body was trying to tell me. Absolutely. And sometimes those are really hard lessons for us to learn mm-hmm. and to have them be a lesson rather than it being a coincidence. Yeah. Because what we know for sure is those little nudges that we get in our thought or the language or the people around us or information coming from a different source are all little nudges to get our attention. And sometimes we have this shiny object syndrome thing that happens because we've all had it, right? And if anything, it's amplified even more now. And that overrides so much of our innate intuition that's given us these signs. So sometimes the message has to get really loud for us to listen and often debilitating physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So many people get imposter syndrome. And I will say a lot of the episodes on my podcast, even though it is a business and marketing podcast, a lot of the episodes where we talk about what we're talking about right now are some of the biggest episodes that people love. Because I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how do I get rid of that feeling of inequity or that I'm not worthy Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I can't succeed or I don't have the skills or self-worth or the value to get to where I see that I want to go. And so when you're working with people, what's the starting point? Do you have an intake form? Do you use a lot of modalities? Like do you use human design and EFT and other things as part of the practice? The intake form, when individuals choose to come to work with me, it's very much a mutual decision of they're ready to do the work because by no means I do superficial work. I do go right into the root, right into the core, all the way down to lineage and ancestor work and connecting with Mother Earth, Gaia and the cosmos and the galaxies. So it's very expansive process but it's a very deep process and with the depths of sometimes the pain and suffering that one is witnessing the highs are just as beautiful so then it's a matter of creating the balance which is what i offer individuals Mm -hmm. so to answer your question people come to me who were drawn to me to roll up their sleeves if you will to say okay i'm ready to do bigger work they might have already gone through therapy they might have already gone through a process of uncovering that negative self-talk or that inner dialogue now it's time to unwrap that a little bit further So they come to me with that. And for individuals who may believe or feel the sense of imposter syndrome that you're recognizing, the one quest I have or invitation I have is for them to create a little bit of space for it. So the narrative and the dialogue is going on in your head. So what happens if you create a bit of space so it has breathing air? Because often when we have feelings and emotion that are not perhaps 
stereotyped as welcomed, anxiety, imposter, not knowing what you're doing, confusion, all of those emotions that have been positioned that are not really good to have. There's a constant push that we're doing energetically. And what we know is when we push something and we resist it, it gets louder and louder. Mm. So the quest is to say, when you feel that emotion, when that shows up, what would happen if you were to create a bit of space? Is it still really there? Is it still really that big? We unravel layer after layer, like an onion, if you will, (laughs) with people life experiences. Yeah. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit, if you don't mind diving into that, about the ancestor work. Because scientifically, we do hold the genetics of what is the last 14 generations before us. Mm -hmm. So all of these memories, and I think it's always fascinating to think of that my daughter was inside me when I was inside my mom, inside my... You know, grandmother, yeah. great grandmother. And so you can see those linkages physically and genetically. Yes. But I think people don't often understand what that means or how it could translate emotionally, metaphysically in all these other ways that it can manifest. It's really big from the point of when we are incarnated as human beings, when we choose to take this life as human form, we have a huge opportunity to heal all of our ancestors. So bloodline, lineage, and ancestors, we all come from the same, I want to say DNA, for lack of better terms. So whether it be 14 generations or whether it be more than that, we have the capacity of all of that at this moment of time. Mm-hmm. Everything that's happened in your lineage and your ancestry, Anika, you have access to now, but you also have access to future generations as well. Mm-hmm. So the pain and challenges that show up, we think it's just us. Oh, I got a headache or my marriage is broken or my career is failing or striving. Each of these elements are connected to a karmic contract, Hmm. thread, relationship. And that is not only from our own soul evolution, but there also is a linkage to our ancestors. So, for instance, the behavior and traits that you may have picked up from your mother, she picked them up from her mother and her mother and her, and it just goes down the lineage, whether it's consciously, unconsciously, or subconsciously. We still have all of that embedded in this beautiful body that we have, physical, energetic, emotional, and spiritual, because it's our work, and I say boldly, our responsibility to look at that, create space, and heal it and release it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. And what are some of the results that people see when they're ready to do the work? They come to work with you. Are there any stories that you can share? You can leave out names or other details, but just... On a whole, what I'm recognizing as a very key thread is individuals, when they've worked with me and some continue to work with me to evolve and expand their gifts, is a sense of confidence in who they are. The narrative that's going on in their mind's eye is validated because we can often think, did I just imagine that or did that really happen? Was it a coincidence or not? So get the validations, but also have a deeper understanding of why and how that came about. Be is a positive trait or a not so positive trait as we have again positioned in this world. Because In the Western world, and I guess in life, we have created this dialogue of something that's good and bad, where on a soul's evolution, nothing really is good or bad. It is, and it is for us to see it. And when we see it, we can hold it. And when we hold it, we can expand it and then put it into a place of unconditional love because it's an experience that was meant for our soul. 
So with that, we go through a process of healing all that shows up because whatever you might have witnessed or felt in your childhood and adolescence, you might be thinking it's for you, but it's actually something each of your ancestors and everybody in your lineage has witnessed, perhaps abandonment, guilt, shame, all of these emotions of not being worthy, not being visible, they feel like ours individually, but they actually come from a collective from our past. Hmm. Wow. Hopefully that didn't go too far off on a tangent. No, no, no. And not, not answering your questions. So. <laughs> When you moved from the corporate nonprofit world to doing this work, was that a scary transition? It wasn't a hard shift. It was a gentle gravitation. Having said that, leaving the corporate world was challenging. That was a difficult process for me to accept. So I had been in the corporate space for probably about 15 years, on and off from an employee, a contractor, a freelancer, and how those lessons Mm -hmm. and opportunities unfolded to give me the greater lesson, the greater insight that I'm here to do something else. Mm, Yeah, that was hard because, you know, I have had the pink slip of we now have restructured you. So now, therefore, you're now no longer required. That was difficult. Rejection is part of a life lesson. And it was a hard one for me to get because I had to do it a few times. (laughs) And then leaning into further, again, looking at resolve, how am I going to resolve this? Because the Western world isn't giving me the tools and the resolution that I'm looking for. So what else can I put into place? And that's when I led into further the intuitive part of myself. What else am I here to do if I'm not here to do that? So then I heal in my own journey, my own past, Mm. put me in a position to support others because it would come up in conversation. It would come up with friends of try this and you try that and maybe read this or maybe we can do this thing together and just unravel the testing part, so to speak, Mm. of what this looks like. And then the more I opened into that, the louder the messages got from my higher selves, from my ancestors saying, this is what you're here to do. And when I truly claimed it, it was like wearing a glove that fits perfectly for you. You just settle into that place of just knowing that this is what you did. And that was actually my next question. I see a lot of people, I've had a recent job transition and it's been so easy that it's like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, right? And I can find that joy. And I know that I'm going to be mentored and taken care of and be able to grow and learn, but also bring my skill set to this position. But I think a lot of people, to your point, they go through corporate, they have their whole career, and then they realize that they don't have a sense of purpose in their lives and they make a switch. Sometimes it's because they got the pink slip. Sometimes it's because they just wake up and their health is failing, or it could be any number of reasons. But how do you figure out what your purpose is? Because I believe as well that we all have a divine purpose. We have something that we're here to offer. We have something that we're here to learn. But how do you translate that to people who are searching and seeking and they still don't know where their purpose is or what their purpose is or how to find it? I would say a couple of things. One, take the pressure off yourself that it doesn't have to be this big, grandiose kind of scenario. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> so take the pressure off yourself and what it could be, but also reposition your focus. Often we are designed from the get-go, from school, high school, and, and the bits in between is to focus outwards. What's that person doing? Go to college here. Listen to that person. Listen to another community. Look what those pundits are saying. Our attention is always outwards. So I would say turn off the distractions, even if it's only for a couple of minutes, five minutes, while you go for a walk, or while you even make dinner and just 
focus inwards, to be truly present. And when we're truly present, be it you're making dinner or you're cleaning your house or going for a walk, to be truly present, no distractions, nothing. Mm. And when we create that space, then we can hear our divine whisper. And the divine whisper is our intuition. Because in normal day life, so to speak, we can get really confused because the ego gets really loud and it over it saturates our intuitive aspect of ourselves. So when we take away all those distractions and quiet, we'll hear these silent, beautiful little whispers that are so gentle, so loving. When we tune into that, then we start building a relationship with another tender part of ourselves. And with that, we get to a place to unravel one layer at a time. What am I meant to do in this moment? And what am I meant to do in this moment? And the next moment and the next moment? Because we can have a life purpose, but that could be just for that period of time. And then our soul wants a different experience or we want a different experience so we can have another life purpose. And it changes based on the environment and what we have learned, but what our soul is requiring for us to do, but also on the energetic of what's going on outside there in the world too. Mm -hmm. That has a big influence. Thank you. That's such a great point. It doesn't have to be something big. And I don't think most of us realize also that you don't have to have one purpose in your life that it can change. So the way that you're framing this is just really beautiful. And I think it's really important for people to realize that we're not homogeneous. We don't have to do one thing forever. That might not be the right path. Absolutely. It's all based on our environment and what is showing up. So you referenced your daughter. So perhaps part of your life path and purpose was to be fully present for your daughter, to give her the most enriching experience that you possibly could in her younger years. Maybe that was part of that purpose. And now she's a grown adult, a woman, perhaps one day, and now it's changed. Your purpose has shifted based on what you've garnered from that experience with your daughter. Yeah. Well, I'll digress and tell you a quick story about my daughter. Well, when I was pregnant, I couldn't sleep very much. And so one day I'd gone to the doctor's appointment and I was on the phone with my sister and I was so upset because I was so tired. I'm driving home. And I said, I just want this stupid baby to come out. And I didn't mean that, right? But I was just so frustrated. I went home that night and I slept soundly all night. For the first time, and I dreamt about her. And in my dream, she was showing me, it's okay, mom. And she showed me who she was going to be Mm -hmm. and how good she was. And just like kind of telling me this is all going to be worth it. Right. And then when she was born, she was exactly that person. And it was really beautiful because I have seen from an early age, she is so her own person. And so I feel like to your point, I have many purposes, right? Depending on which part of my life I'm looking at, I haven't really thought about it like that. But my main purpose with her, and I think my main purpose as a mother is to, I'm not going to change who she is. She is who she is. She has a very strong point of view. She's actually a freshman in high school, but she already knows she wants to get her PhD in neuroscience and she knows what she wants to do for her life. But my job is just to be her guide and to help steer her and make sure she has what she needs, that I'm supporting her, that I'm loving her unconditionally and giving her that support. And so it's the most beautiful journey and one that I love. But yeah, I didn't think about it as, ah, that's just one of my purposes. When I look at other parts of my life, I can see what I'm supposed to do in some of them Mm -hmm. and other ones, it hasn't been written. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What a beautiful experience for you. Yeah. What is the best part of what you do? Seeing the shift in individuals, seeing them truly come into their own 
and stepping into a place of they actually love themselves. Mm. Sounds maybe overdone, especially over the last couple of years. That's all we've been hearing is love yourself, love yourself. But when you step into it on an energetic and a physical space to integrate what my gift is and witnessing individuals relationships change, relationship with their spouses, with their family, with their career, their peers, but also with their ancestors. So they're now more in dialogue with the past. Mm-hmm. But also we create space for them to bring and awaken more of these energetic gifts that we have innate within us. But we just got to create some space. And that's part of the heavy lifting of the healing that we do. So witnessing individuals on that journey is an honor for me. It really is. It's a blessing and it's an honor to guide somebody through that process. It's a gift for me. Yeah, it sounds like it's had a profound impact on you. And probably also it helps you see how the intuitive approaches and the different things that you're doing, the different modalities that you're working with somebody on help them and heal them. And it might not be the right, the same for each person, right? You might bring in different tools. That's right. And those tools driven by their soul. Mm -hmm. So I don't come in and say, okay, in module one, this is what we're going to do. No, I meet individuals where they're at. Like I shared with you, I've had individuals coming in from corporate, C-suite executives who've come in and I've worked with, to individuals who are already in the energetic and the yogic space. And they don't have to do a huge career shift or change. They still stay there. They just become more aware. So the gifts and the tools and modalities are very much driven by what's going to resonate with them. So for instance, a C-suite executive, good sitting there doing pretzel yoga, I call it, even though I'm a bit of a yogi myself, but is might not be as aligned for that person. Maybe it's something else. But the insight and the messages that I get comes from their soul, which is how I get to do, or we collectively get to do such deep work because I'm connecting with them beyond the mental space. And are you working solely with individuals? Do you do group work? Do you have workshops that people can attend as well just to get started on their journey and exploration? Primarily, I do one-to-one because I feel that that allows a much deeper relationship and a much deeper opportunity to heal some of the hurt that we've all witnessed in our life. Mm -hmm. And it can be a little bit harder to do on a group level. But as a first dip in your toe scenario, I do small group sessions as well. And I will be publishing those and making those available in the next couple of months or so with a retreat as well. So I'm looking to do a retreat. And has your business shifted with the pandemic and then coming out of the pandemic and people moving more to online? Have you primarily in the past worked with people in person or was it always, you know, a mix of virtual and in person? It was always online. Wow. Okay. So I this practice before the pandemic and I did it online because that's how, what I was led to do. Intuitively, my ISLs were going, got to be online. It's got to be online. Okay. Trying to get somebody on a video conference before the pandemic, it was like pulling teeth. It was hard. And then the pandemic hit and everybody's like, of course, it's another communicative method, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's fantastic that's, that you... Everything that. happens for a reason, right? Exactly. Everything. <laughs> Amazing. 
Well, is there anything else that you would want to share with our audience today as they're thinking about their own journeys and how to heal and move into the future? Be kind to yourself in all forms and fashion from the dialogue that we speak, narrative that goes on in our head to the actions and the behaviors of the food that you're eating, the company that you surround yourself. Be kind to yourself in this process. And then the second piece is to be present. Tune out all these shiny object syndrome scenarios that happen out there (laughs) and tune into your own heart and follow that. Follow the feeling that you feel, not this message, but the feeling in your heart. Follow that feeling. It will never get you wrong. Beautiful. Thank you, Naranjan. And then do you have any final quotes or mantras or other words that you live by? The influence that one individual has. So there's often a space that said, what am I going to do? How am I, little I, going to have the influence of change in the world? Mm. Remember, you're not the little I. You're still one person and you're still walking around and vibrationally, energetically, you create a ripple effect. So just this vibrational frequency, when you're in a good mood and you walk into the room, you feel it. And when you're in not so good of a mood, you walk into the room and other people feel it too. So remember, you have a responsibility for what you're walking around with, because that is unknowingly been rippled out to the world. Yeah. So the more we can be kinder to ourselves, more present and in tune, that is going to get rippled out. Awesome. So it's not a quote per se. Yeah. No, but they're important words. Thank you. And is there a specific place you'd like people to follow you, your website or on social media? I'd invite people to go to brightshininglight.com, which is my website, and take advantage of some of the freebies that I have out there, especially an opportunity to consult with me if they seek a calling to. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, usual kind of spaces, I guess, but the website, you can't go wrong. Awesome. And then you also have a podcast. I do. Yes, I do. The podcast is Master of Your Crafts, where I interview individuals who are masters of their craft that support healing to the world in many different forms of fashion. Awesome. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, to our audience, thank you for coming to another episode and listening to an amazing speaker talk about finding your purpose and what that can look like in your own life, how to heal from the past so that you can move into the future. Be sure to take a listen to her podcast, Master of Your Crafts, and go to her website. I will also drop all the information in my show notes so that you can easily find Narajan Nota. Thank you again for being here today. And to our audience, I'll be back again in another few days with a fantastic guest. Want more? Check out amplifywithannika.com or follow me on socials at amplifywithannika.com.